I remember as a little boy dreaming of finding buried treasure. I would have my shovel, I'd be digging in the yard, and I was sure at some point I was going to hit something solid. And then I would you know, dream of moving the dirt off that solid object and it would be a treasure chest full of gold and pearls and valuable jewels. You ever dream of that? Jesus uses that imagery to speak about the kingdom of heaven in the parable we're going to look at today. Hey, welcome back to The Bible in Life, where we seek to take a text of the Bible and explore it and explain it in the context of everyday life, because we believe that Bible teaching ought to be blue jeans theology. That is theology for everyday life. So that's really our goal on this show, is just to try to take the text and say, what does this really mean, and how does that intersect with our life? And if you're new and just joining us on this particular episode, welcome. I'm glad that you're you're with me on this episode. We are working through a series on the parables that we started on our last episode last week. And if you are interested in Bible teaching, particularly Bible teaching that is rooted in the text of Scripture and rooted in everyday life, I would encourage you to subscribe. If you've been listening for a while and haven't subscribed, then go ahead and do that now. Just click subscribe to this show, maybe even rate and review it, and be sure to share it with your friends, share it on uh, social media or however you see fit doing that. And if you want more teaching like this, you can always check out my YouTube channel. I just started a few weeks ago releasing every Thursday a five-minute Bible study on YouTube uh, via video. And so swing on over there. You can just go to YouTube. You can look for Just search my name, John Whitaker, or I will put the links to uh, the YouTube down in the notes below. So um, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we are going to be looking at a parable out of Matthew chapter 13. And Matthew 13 has a really a whole series of parables. Um, the whole chapter is almost exclusively parables. In fact, sometimes scholars just refer to Matthew 13 as the chapter of kingdom parables. And so if you want to give a little tagline for Matthew 13, that's it. It's kingdom parables where Jesus is telling parables about the kingdom of heaven. In fact, the parable we looked at in last week's episode, the parable of the sower, the farmer who went out and planted seed, we looked at Luke's version of that in Luke 8, but that's also recorded here in Matthew 13 as well. And one of the other things we looked at last week is what parables are and why Jesus used them. And if you want to know more about that, you might swing over and listen to last week's episode if you haven't done that already. But in short, parables are stories um, that have a point. And it's really important that we understand how parables function, that they're not an allegory. It's not like every little detail in the parable has some hidden meaning or some reference to something else. They are just down-to-earth, true-to-life stories, usually flowing out of the common scenes and the common cultural experiences of Jesus' day. And those stories then have a point, some sort of significance for what Jesus wants us to understand about God, ourselves, the world, and our relationship with God. And so don't think of them as allegories. Think of them as stories with a point. And oftentimes that point is uh, looked at from various angles through the lens of various players or characters in the story so that when we're all done, we have sort of this multifaceted understanding of the point Jesus is trying to make. Uh, So, for example, in last week's parable, the point was that uh, the way people respond to the word of God and the message about Jesus, um, that was really the, the truth that Jesus' parable was dealing with. 
And what he says about that is that the way people respond to the word of God says something about their heart. It reveals something about their heart, whether their heart is hard or whether it's shallow or whether it's distracted or whether it's like good soil that bears good fruit. That's how the parables function. That's how they work. They are stories with a point looked at from various perspectives. All right. And this particular parable we're looking at today is really important for our our discipleship, for understanding what it means to, to be a disciple or a follower of Jesus. It gives us really keen insight into the value of following Jesus. So let me read Matthew chapter 13, picking up in verse 44. It says this, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid again, and from joy over it, goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. All right, simple, short little story that makes a very profound and important point. Um, The second parable we want to look at today follows right up on it and really makes a similar point and hence the reason we're pairing them together. So keep reading Matthew 13. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls and finding one pearl of great value. He went and sold all that he had and he bought that one pearl of great value. All right, those two parables really make a very similar point. But before we can uh, wrestle with the implications for us, we need to make sure we hear the parable on its terms and we hear it the way Jesus intended it. These parables are stories rooted in the world of Jesus' day. They use imagery, they use language, they use familiar themes from Jesus' culture, which means we have to kind of unpack the cultural background as we're going to hear them. These two stories are fairly simple, but as we go through our, our, our series of the parables, we're going to find more that are a little more complex, and we're going to have to wrestle with the cultural background. So just a couple things in this parable. So just a couple things in these parables that would be helpful to us. First off, just the very phrase, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. We have to make sure we hear that the way Matthew and Jesus intended us to hear that. All right? We hear that oftentimes in our modern American church or modern Western church, modern church world. We hear that as um, the kingdom of heaven equals heaven itself. And that's not quite right. We know that's not quite right because if you look back, say, to Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus is just beginning his ministry and he begins to preach the gospel, he goes out preaching the gospel and he says this, Matthew chapter 4, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He doesn't mean like heaven is near. He doesn't mean you're about to die and go to heaven. What does he mean by repent? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, what he means is repent because God's kingdom has come near. Repent because the reign of heaven, or perhaps better, the reign of heaven's king is at hand. It's near. It's in your presence. It's right around you. Why? Because Jesus is the king. And Jesus is God's Messiah, anointed king, come into the world to bring heaven's rule to this world. That's what the kingdom of heaven refers to. That's why when you read, say, Luke's uh, version of 
sayings like this, Luke uses the phrase, more often than not, the kingdom of God. Matthew uses the kingdom of heaven. Those two phrases are synonymous because Matthew, being a Jew and writing predominantly to Jews, for Jews, um, they were leery about taking God's name in vain. And so they often substituted the word heaven for the word God, and particularly for the name of God, Yahweh, in Hebrew. And so they would substitute the word heaven for that, and hence you get kingdom of heaven in Matthew, and you get kingdom of God in Luke. But those phrases are parallel, uh, and they refer to the same reality, the rule of heaven, the rule of God, the reign of heaven's king. And what Jesus means when he says the kingdom of heaven is at hand is he means that heaven's king is come here and the long anticipated, long awaited uh, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven is now breaking into the here and now. Okay, so that's really important that we understand the phrase kingdom of heaven for what it means, not for going to heaven when you die, but for heaven breaking into here and now and bringing heaven's justice heaven's wisdom, heaven's righteousness to this world, the reign of heaven breaking into the here and now in and through the person of Jesus. Uh, That's why there in Matthew chapter 4, immediately after Matthew summarizes Jesus' preaching as repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he goes and shows Jesus calling his first disciples. Why? Well, because to follow Jesus equals to enter the kingdom of heaven. You are now submitting to the wisdom and justice and reign of heaven's king, Jesus, which, by the way, is... um, more the full package of the gospel than just um, saying a prayer or getting baptized, getting your sins forgiven, going to heaven when you die because you got your ticket to heaven and you're now saved. That's not really the gospel. Um, The New Testament gospel, the biblical gospel, is to proclaim Jesus as king, risen from the dead. He died on behalf of our sins. So yes, we can have our sins forgiven and we can be reconciled to God. But now we have entered into his kingdom and we are now both uh, followers of him and agents furthering his kingdom in this world. That's the full New Testament gospel. Uh, In fact, if you want to know more about that, I actually have a course on my website that I recently released called uh, The Basics of Spiritual Growth. And that course is all about how we can grow spiritually as followers of Jesus and how Jesus, through the gospel and through his spirit and through his work in our life, uh, helps us put off um, sin and put on righteousness and how we can be agents who further his kingdom in this world. It's The Basics of Spiritual Growth. You can see it. Um, over there on my website. Again, I'll put the notes to that or a link to that down in the notes below. But in that course, I have I begin that whole course with an explanation of the gospel because we have so much confusion in our culture about what the gospel is. And we think the gospel is um, a plan of salvation by which we get our sins forgiven and we get our ticket to heaven when we die. And that's That's maybe related to the gospel, may even be a part of the gospel. It's just not the gospel that Jesus preached or the disciples preached. When they preached the gospel, they preached Jesus is heaven's king. He's come to this world. Repent. Believe in him. Trust him. Enter into his kingdom and follow him. That's the gospel. And so if you want to check out that course, you can over on my website. Again, I'll put the link to that down below. So here in this little parable, we have... 
the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. And again, this is a cultural phenomenon that's just not necessarily all that familiar to us. Although, like I introduced this with, is we have these dreams as little boys or little girls digging in our backyard or digging in some field out there somewhere that we might, our shovel might hit something hard and it would be a buried treasure chest, right? Well, that's sort of the imagery. And in Jesus' cultural context, this was actually fairly common. In fact, um, the well-known copper scroll from the Dead Sea Scrolls actually lists a handful of uh, supposed places where there was treasure bidden, uh, buried throughout Israel. Um, and in 1998, a, a, for example, a discovery was made of 200 pieces of, of silver buried in the floor of, of a house in Israel. So this was actually a practice where people would hide treasure um, in their field. So here in this parable, what happens is this guy is a tenant farmer. He's working the land for some wealthy landowner. Um, and so it's not his field. It's someone else's field. He is just a tenant farmer working the land for them. He's out there plowing in the field. Uh, maybe he's got his um, a wooden plow and he's got his ox or his donkey pulling the plow and his plow blade hits something hard in the field. And so he stops and he brushes off the dirt and all of a sudden there's a, a box of treasure. He opens it up and he can't believe what he's found. That is more money than he's ever seen in his entire life, right? So he buries it back again. He covers it back up. He goes home, it says, and look, listen to what the parable says. And from joy over it, he sells everything he has and he buys that field. Now, what he's doing is he's testing the ownership. He's going to go and offer the, the wealthy landowner for whom he has been working money to buy the field. If the landowner doesn't want to sell the field, uh, he, may know, he probably knows that treasure's there. It's probably his treasure, all right? So he's testing. Does this guy know the treasure's there? Did he actually bury it in this field? And, and now the farmer has accidentally stumbled upon his wealthy landowner's hidden treasure or not? Well, in this case, this man sells the field to the farmer, and the farmer now has uh, this wealthy treasure buried in this field. Second parable is like it. Again, the kingdom of heaven, it says, is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding a pearl of great value, so he's seeking fine pearls, and he finds one that's just uh, off the charts in value, he went again, sells everything he has, and he bought that pearl so that he could have that pearl because it was worth more than anything else he could imagine. Both these parables are making a point about the kingdom of heaven. And the specific point they're making is that the kingdom of heaven is worth giving everything up for. And that's one of the primary implications for us is think of the sacrifice. The first man sells everything he has and buys a field. The merchant sells everything he has and he buys this pearl, the sacrifice that entering into the kingdom of heaven, becoming a participant in the kingdom of heaven, becoming a follower of Jesus and experiencing his wise, gracious, righteous, just reign over your life and in this world, and then becoming an agent of that, that reign and that justice in this world, it is worth sacrificing everything for. That is the point of the parable. Like, do you want to be part of, of, of the kingdom of heaven? Do you want to be part of Jesus' reign and rule and work in this world? Well, it, it, his point is, sacrifice everything for it. Sacrifice everything for it. Give up everything in order to do that. But notice what, what goes on in this parable. Is, 
is, are these is the merchant or is the farmer are they like bummed out and sad man i got to give up everything for the kingdom of heaven i got to give up everything for this treasure oh man i i want to sell everything i have to get this pearl are they bummed out about it and the answer is no in fact the very first parable says from joy over it he goes and sells everything he has in other words what he has recognized is here is true treasure it's treasure worth giving everything up to acquire it's treasure that is so valuable so incredible that it's like uh, it's a steal of a lifetime sell my house sell my car right sell whatever i've got give up everything to acquire this treasure it's worth it it's worth it the joy the excitement um the value the i mean this is the chance of a lifetime to have treasure like this and what jesus is saying to you and saying to me in this is the opportunity to enter into heaven's kingdom, the opportunity to follow Jesus and be part of his kingdom is worth sacrificing everything to get and doing so with gladness and excitement and joy because there's nothing quite like it. And so, um, laying down our life to follow Jesus, that is not a sacrifice that we do begrudgingly. That's not a sacrifice we do sadly. That's not a sacrifice we do with great sorrow. It's a sacrifice we do with great joy, with open hands. We can't wait to enter into the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven is so incredibly valuable. It is so incredibly precious. It's true treasure, and we want that treasure. That's the point of the parable. And so, my friends, wherever you're at and wherever you're at in your walk with Jesus, entering into his kingdom, walking with him in his kingdom, learning the lessons of the kingdom, um, beginning to acquire the righteousness of the kingdom, beginning to extend the righteousness of the kingdom to your husband or your uh, wife, to your son or to your daughter, to your extended family, to your neighbors, to your fellow members in the church, beginning to live out the wisdom and righteousness of the kingdom, beginning to extend and further God's rule in this world. It is worth giving up everything to do. It is true treasure and it's worth acquiring it, whatever the cost. That's the point of the parable. So wherever you're at, may you gladly with open hands say, Jesus, may you, may you bring your kingdom to bear into my life. May your kingdom come and your will be done in and through me as it is in heaven. That's what the kingdom of heaven is all about. All right. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Bible in Life. This is a listener-supported podcast, and if you want to support the show, there's really two ways you can do that. You can swing over to my Patreon page. Again, I have the link to that down in the notes below, patreon.com slash John Whitaker. And you could support through my Patreon page. There's a few perks and benefits to, to doing that, and I try to release an extra podcast every month just for my patrons on my Patreon page, so you can check that out. Or you can just go to my website, and there's a little donate button at the top, and you can donate straight through PayPal there. In fact, I've just 
just just getting that set up to be able to donate through a nonprofit so that there's the uh, the tax benefit there and it'll all of a sudden be tax deductible to donate to to my ministry. So you can check that out as well. And if you want more teachings like this, you can check out my YouTube channel where I release videos every Thursday, or you can check out the courses on my website. Once again, thanks for joining me on this episode of The Bible and Life. We will talk to you next week.